getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today, it's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Mile High Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me is my fellow football priest. You know him. You love him. Zach Kelberman. Zach, are you ready for Russell Wilson and the Broncos and the richest cat under the sun, Robert Walton, to quote-unquote take over the NFL? Because that's what Pat McAfee says fixing to happen. Let's get in the huddle for today's top story. No, right. it's uh, it's quite the headline that we're talking about. The Broncos getting national pub- positive publicity, and uh, from the Pat McAfee show, kind of friends of the brand, friends of MHH, who've given us a positive pub as well. But yeah, they think like uh, Russell Wilson's swagger and obviously his ability paired with the Broncos coaching can take them over the top in the AFC West. And even Pat McAfee is bringing on guests like Dan Orlovsky, who said that Russell Wilson pointed out Russell Wilson's never had the supporting cast that he has now, nor the coaching, nor the opportunity. So it's a feel-good thing on August 18th, Chad, but I'm still going to hold true to what I say when the Broncos get bad pub, which is it doesn't matter what these people think. Yeah, so all of the hubbub about the cringy Russell Wilson, well, Pat McAfee's eating it up, dude. He loves it. He loves the swag from Russ. But here's the actual quote. He says, uh, it's a whole new Russell Wilson, and he's what? The richest owner, t- uh, 10X. Now he's kind of shifted to Rob Walton. Broncos owner is the richest owner in all of sports. The Broncos are about to become the team. The Broncos are about to take everything over, aren't they? He's saying to his you know fellow co-host gaggle of dudes that are in the room every single time. Uh, but, yeah, Zach, this dude is like – he pointed to some pretty interesting um, – components here for his kind of bold prediction yeah russell wilson he seems re-energized he's been given 
weapons and a supporting cast, especially on the whole entire offensive side that he's never had in the entirety of his career, at least at that level. He's got the deep pockets of now the NFL's richest owner. He's got a, an exciting, innovative play caller, like all these different stars that are aligning, which is why Pat McAfee is going, yeah, this is everyone's sleeping on the Broncos. They're going to be the team, you know, the, the Rob Walton ownership group, the Walton Penners, they're going to eclipse uh, the deep pockets in kind of um, ownership swagger of like the Jerry Jones of the world. I think he also has eyes and a brain and remembers the fact that Russell Wilson's a damn good quarterback and has been for the last decade. I can't remember another nine-time Pro Bowler, a guy who's been to two Super Bowls and won one, getting so much disrespect and slander like Russell Wilson for things that aren't even pertaining to his on-field ability. It's about his personality and his catchphrases and let's ride. All that's kind of overshadowed how good Russell Wilson is and how good he can be uh, with this Broncos team. Looking over his wiki, though, this is kind of uh, appropriate to nothing. I never realized Russell never made a first-team All-Pro. He was a one-time second-team All-Pro in 2019, never a first-team. So maybe this year. Uh, Plum Bob, what's good, bro? He says, let's ride, baby, with a super chat. We do appreciate that, Plum Bob. It's good to see you. One of our longtime super chat superstars in the hizzy. And then also uh, Tyler Wykunis. Wykunis? Wykunis? I always bought your name, dude. Sorry, Tyler. We'll just say Tyler Dub. Appreciate the super chat. He says, I am so excited to see how Montreal Washington plays, Zach. If the preseason game one was any indication, uh, he's just getting started. Yeah, Montreal, I, I never understood the hate that his draft selection got. It's not like he was a first-round pick. You're getting a fifth-round pick who's an instant starter as a return man. And then what you can do with him on offense and the chemistry he's formed with Russell Wilson. It's funny. I never thought a few months ago, I'd be saying to myself, I'm not, I'm looking forward to Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, but you know who I'm really looking forward to Montreal, Washington and Brandon Johnson right. who continues to dominate every single practice. The Broncos have a lot of depth at receiver and a lot of young guys making a push for uh, legitimate snaps. Speaking of Brandon Johnson, the Duchess, there we go. Top rope, super chat. Thank, Thank you, you Michaela. Michaela. We love you. You know, this, she says, I'm becoming a fan of Brandon Johnson. He's working as a the number three receiver. He has opened eyes. And welcome back, Chad. Thank you very much, my friend. Yeah, you know, he has um, definitely shined more, Zach, in practice than he did at least in that first preseason game. He was kind of out, out-clipped, outpaced, however you want to say it, by uh, Jalen Virgil, Seth Williams, and Kendall Hinton. But, yes, Brandon Johnson is actually giving off some serious Tim Patrick vibes circa 2018. And that's what the Broncos needed to replace TP. It wasn't another speedster. I keep saying it. I sound like a broken record, but it's a guy with sure hands who can go up and win a ball in a contested situation. And Brandon Johnson has shown whether it's the first team, second team, third team, he can do just that. So he, I'm lightly penciling him into the Broncos 53, not in pen, not in Sharpie, but pencil. I think he's well on his way. Going to grab this very generous super chat from Sam Bam, and then we got a couple matters of business to get to, and then we'll dive right back into the chat and the hot topics that are on y'all's mind. Sam Bam, what's going on, bro? By the way, I haven't forgotten about you. Your uh, order is on the way, so let not your heart be troubled. I'll double-check that. Seeing your name just reminded me I need to check to see what the status is on that. But – Thank you for that super chat, bro. He says, good evening, three weeks until the opener and 25 days till the Broncos whoop up on the Hawks. 
en route to a 12 and 5 playoff season. Go Broncos. Love it. 12 and 5 sounds about the average for one Russell Wilson. I mean, seriously, if you go back and look at his 10 seasons in Seattle, Zach and I talked about this today on the Mile High Huddle show on uh, 98.1 FM in Denver. And if you guys are following us on Twitter, you got the links to listen live if you're out of market. But only two seasons has this cat not won double digits. That's about average for him to hit 12 wins, Zach. Yeah, don't tell Nate Davis that, who thinks they're going to go 8-9. and I don't understand those predictions. 12-5, and I think, is not even optimistic. I think it's realistic with the coaching and the quarterback play now and the Broncos' schedule. 25 days, though until Russell Wilson gets his first victory as a Bronco, and he does so against the Seattle Seahawks. I cannot freaking wait. Ooh-wee, baby. Yes, it's going to be dope. Guys, real quick, we got to remind you of the revamped new merch store. All right, cool designs. Like, check out the hat. All right, cool designs. Uh, you got the brand-new T-shirt. All I mean, this is just scratching the surface. But as you know, the merch store, we've uh, we've – put in some time to upgrade it for everybody and give you more design options and more uh, actual item options, merchandise options. So go check that out. It's another great way to support what we do here at MHH. And as you know, it would not exist, this merch store, if not for your popular demand. But I wanted to bring to your attention all these new designs that are popping right now on the merch store. And many of you have pulled the trigger, and we do appreciate that. Don't forget, when you do order something, Send us in a, pro- a profile or a, a selfie pic when you get it, and we will flex you and shout you out on MHH social media, huddleuppod.com. Get your swag on. Don't forget to connect with us also on Twitter. Zach, at Kelberman NFL, myself, at Chad and Jensen. And if you do so, not only will you never miss a Mile High Huddle podcast, but you will always have the link to listen with your football priest live Monday through Friday at 2 p.m., 2 to 3, we do our radio show. Travis with some big dog stars. Ooh, and I see in his profile pic, he is rocking the new hat. Dope. Love the design. Looks good on you, my friend, I must say. Thank you for those stars, bro. He says he is. I am excited to see Nathaniel Hackett's system and the offense, Zach, go full blast. Yeah, I mean, we're not going to see that until Seattle in week one, but that's the way I like it anyway. Keep everyone healthy and preserved and fresh, but it's going to be when it gets going. I'll preface that. When it gets going and they find their ground, it's going to be pretty remarkable to watch because it was going to be bumpy even with Tim Patrick. Without him now taking away a receiver with his sure-handed ability, it's a transition period for a rookie head coach and a quarterback coming to a new system. There's going to be ups and downs. It's not going to be perfect, but when they do – become more solidified and things start firing on all cylinders look out shout out to dave glassman and og love you bro appreciate you we really love seeing you in the chats whether it's morning show evening shows great to see you bro and he says yeah chad and zach together must be a full moon i know this summer it's been a little janky like you know we've had a lot going on in our lives this particular summer i'm gone one one week or whatever and then Zach's gone and vice versa. But starting literally tonight, it's going to be an unending uh, duo. You're not going to, we're not going to be missing anything unless, you know, one of us gets sick or something like that. But the missing time thing, that's, it's football season time now. We're stoked to be back in the house. Also, shout out to Clayton, one of our great supporters uh, in the, in the chat, Clayton Heron. Phil, what's going on, bro? Thank you for the stars. Welcome back. He says, thank you, my friend. I do appreciate that. Good to see you, big dog. Appreciate the support. Um, 
the Duchess with super chat number two tonight. This Thank is you. why she is the Duchess. Thank you, Michaela. She says, it looks like Seahawks fans want Drew Locke as the starter. Kind of cool to play against him. Chad, did you say you sent a shirt? Yes, there is a shirt on its way to you. So it's um I'll I'll message you after the after the podcast and give you some details. Okay. But yes, Zach, Drew Locke looked like he was building up some momentum and then got the coof. And he's not going to be able to play in this preseason game that he was supposed to start, kind of like how last year Teddy started. No, Drew started the first one, Teddy the second one. Am I getting that right? Yeah. Well, he's not getting to start his, at least this one. So that's kind of a bummer. I don't want to think about last year. And you'll have to forgive me, Chad. You know, it's we do the radio show. Everything's kind of running together. I haven't realized we haven't potted together in like a week now. Scott and I yeah. did the last two shows. So something I will say to this point is... Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy-efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com rebates. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Drew Locke, man, cannot catch a break. Hmm. Say what you want about him, feel how you want to feel about him, but he finally gets, literally the same day it came out that he was going to get start tonight's game, preseason game he ends up getting the bug and it's just another pitfall in a world of pitfalls for drew lock so that kind of sucks for him but you know it's funny that the seahawks we talked about it on yesterday's radio show chad the seahawks are kind of going through what the broncos went through specifically last year where they have two below average quarterbacks to be nice starting options and one's a higher ceiling and one's a higher floor and i want to see who pete carroll goes with because we all know the Broncos went with the higher floor. So if I'm a Seahawk fan, not a great set of choices. I'd want the meteor to hit us. I want a rebuild before I want either quarterback starting 17 games, but I'm going to go with the upside guy. I'm going to see if maybe Drew Locke was an aberration in Denver, if he has legitimate potential as a number one in the NFL, rather than Geno Smith, who I already know what he is. Sound familiar? Yeah. It should. Yeah. By the way, our friend, uh, this is the Seahawks site on our network. That's the a Fan Nation I'm seeing some SEO foibles here, Zach, some <laughs> faux pods here. I don't know about you. But, yes, the headline, bad luck, poor timing, thwarts Drew Locke's bid to win Seahawks quarterback competition. And it's, uh, it's unfortunate. Now, it doesn't mean it's in the books. It's not over quite yet. But uh, 
he definitely looked better in preseason game one, Drew, than Geno Smith. Now, that's not saying a lot because, again, you know, Geno, you talk about a known quantity. Teddy Bridgewater as a known quantity here. Geno, like, here. Whoa, that was weird. Did you see that? Weird. Uh, anyway, and if Drew can't vanquish Geno Smith, Zach, then, you know, it's written in the stars. And then we'll grab Tyler. Yeah, these damn green screens will haunt us every podcast. No, but yeah, it's um, it's very eerily similar to what Drew Locke experienced last year, and he has no offense, you know, also on that offense as well. So it's pure deja vu. Yeah, I don't want to say I'm rooting for Drew because he is the week one enemy, but I would like to see still what he has in the tank, whether he is going to sink or swim on his own. Hopefully Seattle gives him that chance, but week one's not going to matter, Chad. They have Gino, Drew Locke. Freaking retired Vinny Testaverde. It doesn't really matter what they do. The Broncos are going to get that dub. Tyler, appreciate you, buddy. He says, hey, guys, do you think Montrell Washington, the rookie fifth-round pick, can be a player like Debo Samuel in the future, like running the ball as well as on sweep pass plays? I can sort of see it. Yeah, so in other words, becoming kind of a jack-of-all dynamic weapon that Debo Samuel, I mean, even Tyreek Hill at at the peak of his impact in Kansas City, they'd use him sometimes in these gadgety ways. Could you see that happening with Montrell? It better happen. I mean, I said it on draft night, and I said it since, and I'll say it again tonight. He should be what Isaiah McKenzie was for the Broncos, just a, an ultimate X factor, the ultimate chess piece that you can move around. He's not going to be a full-time number two, number three receiver, but get the ball in his hands, use his speed to make plays, whether it's a jet sweep, not a decoy, an actual jet sweep, whether it's a quick little hitter, a bubble screen, anything to get the ball in his hands, good things will happen. Shiloh with a super chat. Appreciate that, my friends. Uh, says, saw the posted schedule on Facebook. Much appreciated. I'm not sure what you mean, like the podcast schedule? I'm not sure, but we do appreciate that, bro. Uh, Sam Bam with number two tonight. Appreciate you, bro. Do you think it matters if Russ and at least some of the starters, Zach, play in the preseason, given that Russ doesn't have any live game action with the starters yet? Or do you think preseason for the starters is unnecessary? Stafford didn't play at all last preseason. Last I checked, he was hoisting a trophy. So it, it has, there's no correlation. I got this comment on Twitter a, a couple hours ago. Someone said, well, if the Broncos lose the opener and miss the playoffs, they're going to come back to rue the decision not to play. There's no correlation. There's no data or science to prove that. It doesn't matter. And I'd rather not risk injury when the Broncos annually have the worst injury luck. That's the one player you cannot afford to lose. You can weather a Jonas Griffith. You can weather a Tim Patrick. You cannot weather the loss of Russell Wilson. He's had months to get on the same page with his coaching staff, with his receivers, having a series or two out there where everything's scripted and they're going against backups potentially. It's not going to help out the offense. It's it's all risk and no reward, in my opinion. Yes, indeed. And thank you, Sam Bam, again. Appreciate that, bro. You know, if this was um, – I believe in the utility of preseason games, Zach, when it's like a rookie quarterback, when you need to break in a rookie and get them kind of used to NFL game speed and that live bull is not like fully expose them. I'm not saying have them go out and play a full game, but I think there is utility in playing young quarterbacks particularly um, a few times in the preseason, like a few series, a quarter or two. But in the case of Russell Wilson, I know it's a new offense and he's in a new city, but and it sucks for Broncos fans who are just dying to see him in action. But 
Matthew Stafford, as you mentioned, Zach, that's the that's the case in point. It, you don't really need it. But the question I have, Zach, is that's how we view it. Do you suppose that's how Hackett views it? There's no benefit to him like being coy. He could just say, like, it's not like anyone's game planning, him or the opponents in the preseason, right? So, like, you might protect all that kind of information, of course, during the regular season on who's going to play, who's not. You're not trying to give any layups to your opponents on what they can expect. In the preseason, why won't Hackett, if, if he has zero plan of playing Russ this summer, why not just come out and say, yeah, we're, we're going to wait till uh, you'll see him week one. We're going to give these reps to Josh and, and Brett. I think they're still toying with the idea of playing Russ in the third one. I don't know. I feel like him naming Josh Johnson the quarterback starting court, which I'll have an article on after the podcast, naming him the starter for the Bills game pretty much says that Russell Wilson won't play. And he also said he hates preseason. And I hate preseason too. For the same reason I hate joint practices. All it does is, you know, bring on the risk of injury or fights or just negative things happening. You know, to your point, it, preseason is good for young quarterbacks. I feel like to take it a step further, it's good for young players in general, not so much starters or veterans, uh, guys who've proven things. That's why they're proven. If, if, yeah. if you have a guy who's a starter, why see him in the preseason? For what reason? They've had months to get on the same page, just as Russell Wilson has. But you risk him to injury for a meaningless series or two that's completely scripted, that will not look the same as week one. What is the point? Agreed, 100%. Boise, man, what's going on, brother? He says, and thank you for the super chat. He says, I'm so much looking forward to a season where I don't have a sense of doom before every game. I'm hoping to be getting a new job soon that'll let me catch lives more often. Hashtag priest. That's dope, dude. Well, yeah, we'd love to see you in the chats more often, but you got to take care of business. However that works out, um, keep us in the loop. But yes, Zach, the days of dreading, how is this one going to shake out, you know? I'm reminded of, you know, the peak years under Peyton, 12, 13, 14, 15. It's things got it's weird because that's the one where they won it all. But like if you go back to the regular season, expectations were very, very high. But as soon as Peyton showed those obvious de- uh, signs of decline early on, like it never felt like, oh, this is a guaranteed win every game like it did in the regular season in the three preceding years. But that's what I kind of liken it to this year, Zach, is. That same kind of feeling for Broncos fans, 12, 13, 14, where, you know, you're you wake up on a Sunday just like looking forward to seeing great football. You're not really agonizing unless, you know, it's a quality opponent like back in the day you drew Tom Brady or whatever. You're you're just like, I wonder who's gonna pop today. It's gonna be fun. The agony and the anxieties act for Broncos fans then didn't really start till the playoffs. I think that's how it's gonna be this year, too, but we shall see. Yeah, there are certain parallels for sure, and that was pretty well said on your part, Chad. While I see Boise and I remember, though, real quick, guys, we're coming up to the regular season. We do have an MHH Fantasy League going on that Boise man is spearheading. It'll be a $50 buy-in. It's a simple redraft league. We might do a dynasty league in the future, but for now it's a basic fantasy football league. $50 $50 buy-in, uh, spots are filling up fast, first come, first serve. If you're interested, I'm going to pop an email into the side chat. Be sure to reach out to Boise, and we will get that situated. Hope to see you all playing this coming season. The Duchess with yet another very generous super chat. Thank you, Thank my you. friend. She says, wow, I just noticed you guys have the same virtual background. LOL, cool. Sorry for getting off topic. No, no worries. You know, we we just kind of winged it for the longest time with our backgrounds. We just set up in our respective offices, and we we did our thing. But uh, it, it, we just think it looks – now, it might look smoother. It might look 
I don't know. <laughs> I don't like saying professional. It's lame, but uh, it comes with its own little set of um, torments. It's a pain in the butt doing these things. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com rebates. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not, not the pods, but the green screen. Well, Chad, you you made the smart move. You painted your wall green. I bought this. Jo- I wish y'all could see it. It's literally the biggest green screen y'all have ever seen. It's like an IMAX theater in my office behind me. I can't even move. I can't get around. It's just this giant thing, but it seems to be working. So uh, hopefully it looks good for you uh, you viewers as well. Yeah, I took Scott's advice. He's like, dude, just paint the wall. Like, oh, all right, I'll just paint the wall because we tried it with different other screens before zach found the biggest green screen on planet earth <laughs> michael what's up bro yes everybody's ready it's gonna be dope albert also in the house good to see you my friend he says maybe russ can practice in taking a knee during the preseason i expect the broncos are going to be doing that often this season yes now zach today we talked about that uh melvin gordon it kind of seemed like he had he has anyway accepted that the Broncos are asserting Javante as the starter as RB one. And Travis jumps in again to say, it sounds like Gordon has accepted that Denver wants Pookie as RB one as he should. Yeah. Both those comments I made on the radio today. Uh, it's like, it's quite the change in tone for Melvin Gordon, who uh, during minicamp said, I'm not going to lay down. I'm going to fight Vante, which he calls him better nickname than Pookie. I feel like he's going to fight him tooth and nail for that starting job and prove he belongs. Now I think he sees the writing on the wall and he, he just, he's reading the room and realizes that Williams is the guy. Williams is the RB one. And there's a reason why Melvin languished for so long, had to take a one year incentive laden, prove it deal to come back to the Broncos. That is RB two money. And he's acting like an RB two. So I appreciate the honesty and I appreciate, the resignation on Merlot's mm-hmm. part. How do you get it in there? <laughs> Gary Leeds Palmer, GLP, in the house. Thank you for the stars, bro. He says, did you talk about our twos on the Bills ones? Go Broncos, let's ride. Not yet, not yet, but we're going to see mostly second string going against Bills ones, at least some of them anyway, Zach. Including who, you? by the way, for the first time? Von Miller. Right. If you please. That- that's dumb. Don't do that. Don't do that. If you're the Bills, don't tempt that fate. They're playing know? Josh Allen, so I don't know. I don't understand it from Buffalo's point of view. But 
Sorry to cut you off. No, I mean, it, if you were a guy, so the argument is if it's a young guy, rookie guy. Now, Josh Allen, he's still young, but he's far from a rookie. I mean, he was this close to the AFC championship game last year, which, or was that the championship game? Now I got it confused. I'm pretty sure it was a divisional game in Kansas City, right? Last that year, back yeah, divisional. Forth. Yeah, so I don't know. I think they're just uh, tempting fate by playing Vaughn, by playing – uh, it, maybe there are some ones that are kind of bubble one guys that you need to see out there. Okay, fine. But Vaughn or or Josh Allen, that's just ill-advised. I wouldn't even have Josh Allen come to the stadium. I, I would literally make sure he's locked at home, like strapped to a chair until week one. That's the entire season. Same with any team with a franchise quarterback, the Broncos included. They lose him. Uh, it's pointless to go forward, quite frankly. Sam Bam, another super chat. Thank you, Thank bro. You. He says, I think the week three game against the Niners will be pivotal early on. Yeah, because that's the MHH meet and greet. Yo, if they win, I think that propels the Broncos to a seven and one start. If not, maybe four and four. So he's saying, Zach, if that game, if the Broncos don't beat the Niners week three, they could be like four and four through the first two quarters of the season. I don't know about that, but I do feel like that's the true first litmus test of the Broncos season because, you know, weeks week one and two is the Seahawks and the Texans. It's not really up to the Broncos challenge. I feel like up to the Broncos par. The 49ers, though, very, you know, will be with Kyle Shanahan and that defense and uh, the Broncos coaches and the playbook, which is coming over from San Francisco. There's a lot of parallels there. So primetime game will be there, Chad. MHH meet and greet week three preceding the Niners game. It's going to be a fun one. Oh, yeah. Can't wait. Can't wait. Um, Colby, good to see you, bro. He says, after the performance from Josh Johnson's uh, preseason game one, I'm kind of excited to see if he can throw some more tutties. Yes, indeed. It will be interesting. Like, he's he kind of rested back the momentum, Zach, that Brett Rippon kind of stole initially the first, like, I'll say week or so of camp. Brett was on the rise. Like everyone was buzzing about how he looked, especially in comparison to Josh Johnson. Josh did not look that good initially. And then the second week of camp, Josh started picking up ahead of, uh, ahead of steam and boy, oh boy was a little bit of a clunker. The first quarter, <clears throat> pardon me against the Cowboys, but that second quarter was just awesome, dude. 17 points, two touchdown passes. So yeah, it's going to be fun to see if he can parlay that into another impressive game uh, in, in Buffalo kind of sucks for Johnson though because he's going to be facing Buffalo's ones or some of the twos while Brett Rippon gets the threes and the fours so it, it levels that competition but all things being equal I think Johnson already won the job quite frankly he should be the number two he looked really impressive against Dallas yes it's uh okay so on the same subject of Russell Wilson not seeing the field all right what about a young guy like Javante or Melvin Gordon, for that matter. Would your philosophy hold true with them as well, every first-teamer? I feel like if you play and, them, you're uh, going to have to play the first-team offensive line as well. Otherwise, you're not going to get an accurate representation like last week of what the yep. Broncos' ground game can look like. But what do you really have to see in Javante that you don't already know? Or Melvin Gordon, for that matter. I want to see more of um, uh, Mike Boone. You know, I, I even want to see more of Stevie Scott. It's for the backup players, these preseason games. I don't want the starters out there. I agree. I agree. Here is, by the way, in case you missed it, we touched on it earlier, but here's what Melvin said about Javante. I think, to be honest, I think they kind of had a plan of what they, what they want kind of hitting in. Um, 
But I, as far as the rotation go, I, I really don't know. I think they, they want Marshall probably to be the guy. Um, you know, but we, we do rotate. He'll take the first series. And then the second series with the ones I'll take. Uh, sometimes we switch, but, uh, you know, you, know, it's, it's, you, know, you, you kind of know what it is being out here. Yeah. Hey, at least he's being like open and kind of just transparent. Like, hey, I'm pretty sure they want Vontae to be the guy. Yeah. But I'm going to have something to say about it. You know, hey, props to you. At least you know which way the wind's blowing, Melvin. And you're going to do what you can to influence their decision. But it's really hard to overcome a head of steam like that, Zach, when a player has not only draft pedigree, but like production, early production as a as a rookie. You can tell Melvin getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com rebates. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. And did not want to say that, though. He was literally gritting his teeth. Yeah, they want Javante out there, and I'm fine with it. That's what <laughs> Melvin Gordon said pretty much. But, you know, him going up there and admitting that, is uh is commendable in my book yeah it's it i think he's uh i think he's grown up a little bit even though he's almost 30 you know albert says do you think noah fant will roll over when he says ps2 or sees ps2 or jewel storm and adam so yeah we we joked about this today as well zach on the on the radio show that yeah noah fant you know gonna catch the ball and fall down promptly fall down i don't know we'll see we'll see i'm a little bit kind of open to that being an outlier from last season, Zach, because of what he said, Noah, on the way out the door. After the trade, circles back, does a radio interview with the fan uh, sometime mid-March, and he's like, yeah, I wasn't stoked on the offense last year, and especially the tight end role. Like They had it designed for us to run these shallow routes, Pat Shermer did, where we basically just catch the ball and get tackled, and that doesn't play to my strengths. And yet, okay, Noah, well, why is it that Albert Okawebunam is like stiff-arming dudes, leaping over them, picking up plus yardage on those very same routes that you're getting tackled uh, right out of the gate? Yeah, we like to clown on Noah Fant, you know, three yards on a cloud of dust, the, you know, the turf monster's best friend, whatever. But 
there was still high upside in him. He was a first round pick for a reason. And I just feel bad for the circumstances that he was stuck with last year. Terrible offensive scheme, terrible quarterback play. He lost his mom, which contributed to that as well. Uh, just a tough season. I hope, except in week one, that Noah Fant kind of shows out in Seattle. Owie freaking day in the freaking house. What's going on, brother? Appreciate the stars, as always, my friend. He says, what's up, fellas? Uh, and then we got Mac Dog. Peace. Mac Dog in the house with a super chat saying, I'm 13 and love listening to you guys. Y'all are awesome. All the way from Texas. Very cool, dude. Well, just make sure mom and dad says it's okay to throw down a super chat for your football priest, okay? I don't want that coming out of uh, someone's debit uh, account that it does not belong to uh, you. You know what I'm saying, Mac Dog. Make sure – I hope that's that's your account, not mom and dad's you know, credit card. We're expanding our demographic one podcast at a time. Nice to have you, Mad Dog. Mac but, Dog, excuse me. But, but Mac Dog, dude, 13, love it. Appreciate you being here, my friend. And thanks for making yourself known. All right, keep keep coming in the chat, and uh, when you got topics, he says, he says, nope, out of mine. His account, MacDog uh-huh. got those stacks. Aha, uh-huh. living see. large, dude. This is good. It's very nice to see you, buddy. Uh, Jetty Splash, jumping in with a super chat. Jetty Appreciate Splash. that, bro. Thank you. Yeah, Jetty Splash making a splash, like Flash, Gordon. Do you remember that movie, Flash Gordon? Or is that way – that was before my time, but it was still like something that was on when I was a kid. To me, that's Melvin's Twitter handle, not a movie. So. <laughs> Scott, you remember the Flash Gordon movie, dude? Legendary, bro. I loved that when I was a little kid. My my mom had it on VHS. We'd watch it. I love that. They need to redo it. They need to like do it like legit modern Hollywood style. They're remaking everything else, including like Adam's family. Let's get some Jets starting quarterback Flash Gordon in the house, dude. You should know it. He was, it's from Ted, right? Well, yeah. That's yeah. where I know the name from. You said Jets exactly. starting quarterback, so it just well, rung a bell. Yes. And so the actor that is Flash Gordon in Ted, right? That was the real actor that played Flash Gordon in the in the movie that they idolize in, in Ted. It's a great movie, dude. I love the old one. And I love Ted 1. Ted 2? Kind of kind of missed me on that one. but uh, All right. So, Phil, appreciate you, bro. Appreciate you. It's good to see you as it always is. Number two, throwing down tonight. Zach, what do you make of Derek Wolf's incendiary <laughs> comments? I mean, you want to talk about... He said Vic Fangio was trying to kill the team. Nuke from orbit. Like, oh, man. That was pretty brutal. I'll pull up the exact quotes here. But Derek Wolf, Zach, uh, for those who, who missed it, made it quite clear how he felt about Vic Fangio's and uh, his training camp routines yeah he said Vic Fangio doesn't believe in science or whatever it was data and uh, he said it's my way or the highway and we're going to work you until you're calloused and Derek Wolf I don't know if he was exaggerating or if it was hyperbole but he said Vic Fangio tried to kill us so I thought that was a pretty worthwhile mission on his part yeah so so he appeared on the that's good Broncos YouTube channel podcast with Brandon and Will Keys and uh here's what he said quote full quote in 2019 I was feeling really good and was having a great season regardless of the kind of stuff Vic Fangio was putting us through as far as practice goes. He was trying to kill us in practice. Then he goes on to say, I remember the first thing he said to us was like, I don't believe in science. And I was like, what? I don't believe in science. We're going to work and get calloused. And I was like, oh, great. Here we go. He's going to try and kill us. I remember San Francisco came to practice with us, and they thought that he, Vic, had double sent the script 
because there was so much stuff on it. And they were like, we're not doing all this stuff. He didn't believe in working. <laughs> That's smarter. for sure. So, so he, he says Fangio literally told him, I don't believe in science. And then goes on to say he didn't believe in working smarter. So quite brutal in his uh, takedown. Holy smokes of Vic Fangio. Wow. What's not brutal is Dale's generosity. Wow. Speechless. Thank you so much. Good to see you, bro. Thank you so much. You, uh, you mean a lot to us. You know this. Great friend. Not just a supporter, not just a Mount Rushmore Super Chat superstar, but a very good friend. That's right. Dale says, if we always sit the starters during preseason, not only do we reach game one healthy, but these guys playing have a great opportunity to learn and stand out. Uh, preferably guys that may not make the cut anyway, make themselves valuable enough to be tradable to a desperate team like Detroit. Dale, seriously, dude, that is so so generous of you we're going to break down the topic here of course but i just want you to know how much we love you we appreciate that dude helps keep the lights on here yeah and i think dale is talking about last year when trinity benson became a, a preseason star and the broncos flipped him for a draft pick and that's something that scott and i talk about a lot that can maybe happen with kendall hinton if he continues to perform well in preseason and the broncos decide not to keep him they keep maybe brandon johnson or tyree cleveland seth williams i could see him doing that but yeah dale I'm, I'm right there with you you have your starters in place for a reason they're established you have a lot of competitions though including at quarterback backup quarterback that you want to see in your younger or unproven players that's what preseason is for for me give me more of damari mathis than patrick sertan put it that way yeah absolutely this is i mean that's why i always it was one thing that i actually shared an outlook on generally speaking with vic fangio while we're still on the subject and that is the utility of the preseason now, I was all for, like, reimagining the preseason and, like, coming up with, all right, what's the most uh, efficient way to do it, most beneficial way to do it, and pairing it down to three, fine. But I think it's great for this exact purpose that you bring up here, Dale, is it gives the young players and even bubble guys, right, guys trying to crack a roster and, if not this roster, like, put on enough tape to maybe catch on somewhere else. It's indispensable in that regard, and... You know, I, I can think of a lot of players whose legend kind of started and grew thanks to how they performed in the preseason, including Swag. Kelly, who was this close to becoming this team's starting quarterback based on what he did in the preseason before he went and, like, broke and entered into a house on Halloween. And we know we all know that story. But anyway, love you, bro. How about Terrell Davis breaking out in preseason? I mean, they can come out of nowhere. And yes. you, you, that's how you discover your younger players and your future stars by giving them the opportunity that they're not going to have otherwise during the regular season. Dale, looking forward to seeing you next month, that is, too. It's, it's going to be here quickly. Howie, appreciate you, bro. He says, I'm going to the Broncos game this Sunday. I'll be rocking the Vaughn Miller jersey. I nice. won right here on the MHH podcast. That's dope, brother. Yeah, Saturday, Saturday. Um, heck yeah, bro. Have fun. Have fun. Mix it up with Bills Mafia. Be smart, though, because they don't play. You know, <laughs> they're pretty serious about their, their Buffalo Bills. Uh, KB, what's up, Kenny? He says, uh, thank you for the super, bro. Appreciate it. He says, who was a worst coach for the Broncos, Fangio or McDaniels? I don't think there's any question. Like, I get why it becomes a, a fun topic, but, like, McDaniels was so bad for this team in terms of like, you know, he got busted cheating. 
all the, you know, he traded away the team's first round quarterback three years removed who had just made a pro bowl and was building up some momentum. And like, I mean, there was just so many faux pas. I, I think Fangio would have had to have done quite a bit worse, honestly, to out outpace McDaniels in that. But I'd be curious what your answer on that is, KB. Yeah, I think the no-brainer choice is Josh McDaniels. I think that tenure was arguably the worst head coaching tenure in NFL history or up there. The better question is, who was worse, Vic Fangio or Vance Joseph? And I'm giving that to Vic, honestly. Yeah, I would say that too, especially, you know, there's there's a lot of ways you can measure that, but squandering a – I guess I guess VJ squandered a, a high round quarterback too, so they're about sixes there. Um, but Vic, it just didn't seem like he was very good for the soul of this team. You know, he, he know it all, my way or the highway. VJ seemed like he actually cared about his guys and was just in over his head. Like he was just a five years too early from when he should have been plucked to be a head coach. But you know what? If he ever gets another second go round. VJ might be one of those guys that goes on to prove that he learned something from his failures and becomes a decent head coach someday. I mean, that's what happened with Mike Shanahan. Took Mike Shanahan two goes go arounds to to be a successful head coach, and then we'll grab Travis Belichick too. He was a flame yeah. out in Cleveland. No one really remembers that, but I feel like VJ he would at least know Paxton and Trevor Simeon's birthdays. He's not going to, he wasn't so blatantly against one or the other. I just feel like Vic Fangio was so biased and he was so stubborn and stuck in his ways. That was more toxic for the franchise than VJ being kind of new and naive. Well, and I love it too, that, you know, one thing about VJ is like when the, when there needed to be accountability and there, someone needed to pay, needed to pay. Obviously he, he hold, he, anytime a head coach, you know, look, he's the ultimate source of accountability, but like fired Mike McCoy when it needed to be done. Vic Fangio, and that was like a guy he, if not wanted, at least rubber stamped. In Fangio's case, he fired an offensive coordinator too after the season, but it was an offensive coordinator that was supposedly, purportedly foisted on him. I don't know. I I, I would prefer to look back on – I look back on, on VJ's era a little bit more fondly, Zach, than I yeah. do Vix. And maybe, too, it's because Vix lasted one extra year of pain and suffering. I don't know. But Travis says, I love that Wolf's not afraid to say what's up, and it's always up front what's on his mind. Yeah, and that's why we're really looking forward to him. You know, his ambition is to get into media now, and we're looking forward to that. We'll be front row with popcorn waiting to see what he, what he says because he he just, as you say, no filter. I also appreciate Derek Wolf. He played for Baltimore the last couple of years, and he did confirm, by the way, that Lamar Jackson, the infamous runoff, the waddle, was indeed to drop the Browns off at the Super Bowl in that game. <laughs> so thank you, did Derek. Did he really? Yes. Oh, man. Lamar, Lamar went number two oh, on man. Monday Night Football. Oh, dude. Yeah. Mm. Anyway. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> podcast derailed. <laughs> Browns and the Super Bowl. Um, Huero, the only time we'll get to the Super Bowl, anyway. Probably, yeah. Especially with what we're hearing officially, uh, Deshaun Watson, eleven game suspension. Huero, love you, buddy. He says, "What's up, guys? I'm concerned our O line isn't going to hold up, uh, hold against the AFC West pass rush, holding back our offense from what it could be." I understand the concern. And especially you look at some of the pass rushers, especially the Chargers, Zach. I mean, we talked about that today on the radio show. They have $50 million APY 
just this year tied up in Bosa and Khalil Mack. Like, that's a pretty top-heavy uh, pass rush, but both of them don't do the best job of avoiding that injury bug. So that's one of those things where they could end up having, like, mo- tens of millions of dollars on injury reserve by, like, halfway through the year. And I'm not saying that like I want to see it, but especially Khalil Mack's case, Zach, but what's your answer for him on being concerned about this O-line? It's the number one thing that could derail the Broncos offense and by association, the Broncos season and the O-line is just getting slammed right now with the injury bug. Chad, Billy Turner, he came back from PUP, but he's missed three days of practice in a row while still doing maintenance on his knee. The Broncos are hopeful for week one. Tom Compton supposed to compete for right tackle. The starting job, he's on PUP still. Natani Moody's out three to four weeks. Cushionberry's still out of practice. Uh, Wattenberg came back to practice today, but that offensive line, specifically at right tackle, who's going to play there? If they're really debating Cameron Fleming versus Calvin Anderson, that's a major problem to me. And the one mistake that George Payton has made in his brief tenure is the same mistake that Elway made during his tenure, was ignoring, for whatever reason, the right tackle position. Use a high-round draft pick for the love of God and stop relying on these holdovers. I can't take it. Sermon Albert. I, I can't either. I can't either. Go use some of that Evan Mathis money for an Evan Mathis-like player at right tackle. You can still, I mean, someone needs to drill down on these questions. Like if I, hey, Coach Hackett, yeah, at the podium, hey, why did you spend $5 million on two tackles that were injured? Go. Okay, hey, Coach Hackett, you spent $5 million on two tackles that were injured one of them came back off PUP and then promptly missed three days of practice, whatever. Can you give us a timeline on the other guy and the severity of that back injury? No one does it, though, you know, because they want to – everyone's like, well, that's neither here nor there. I, I just – Albert Knoppers, you're a, you're a stud, dude. Look at his, look at his uh, poster on the wall. He's got his MHH sticker. We're going to see him in about a month. It's, we're looking forward to it. He says, we have a player now that reminds me of Wolf. Play style wise, he should start wearing ninety five, and his name is Henningsen. Yeah, dude. If <laughs> if uh, Matt Henningsen, you know what, McTelvin Ajim, he's if I'm not mistaken, that's ninety five right now, right? Ninety five. So if he does get forced off the roster, it's probably going to be because of Matt Henningsen, and then Matt Henningsen can go ahead and inherit that ninety five jersey. Hit that again, Chad. Give me one more. What Henningsen? Henningsen? That's perfect. Henderson. The ultimate villain on that defensive on the dark side of the defensive oh, yes. line. So the yeah, dark he reminds side. sorry. He reminds me of Derek Wolf too. Just his whole his play style. You know, he's not a pure edge rusher. He's not a pure run stuffer. He can do both, and he has kind of like the the stature of the imposing stature of him. I don't know that he has the mouthpiece of Derek Wolf, but I I, I can see the similarities for sure. Another great draft pick. I feel like. Man, it's such a bummer that we can't, like, flash plays and, like, commentate over them without getting our channel dinged big time on YouTube or Facebook because I would love to go over some of the plays from Henningsen in that first preseason game, dude. It was very eye-opening. I'm very encouraged by Henningsen. Travis, appreciate it, buddy. Yeah, we'll see you We'll see you on the next one, huh? And that hat is dope. That hat is dope. Silent One in the house. What's going on, bro? Appreciate that. Super chat. So sorry if you guys already covered it, but wondering what your thoughts are on the Akib Talib news. The media is strangely silent, Zach. 
Mm. Is this about the old that old um, storyline about the? Well, what do you know about this? It's his brother murdered someone on a football field. I mean, what a tragic, senseless crime that apparently, reportedly, Aqib Talib started by you know inciting some some sort of argument that his brother ended with a firearm. The media is silent on it. There's a reason why I'm not going to get into it. Those who know know, but it's a it's a tragic story. I feel so bad for the family of the victim. Yeah, and it's important to note though. If even it's one thing for a guy to get in a fight, all right, or start a fight or whatever, it's another thing to uh, pull a trigger and take someone's life. Right. And that's not something to keep to lead that second thing. He did not do that. So let's not get that twisted. Is it, is it, unfo- I hate it. I hate the, what happened and someone lost their life and it's unfortunate and it's bunk, but he did not do that. So just keep that in mind. There goes his broadcasting career, though. Wasn't he going to be on Amazon Prime as one of the major... Well, has he been fired? ...color guys? No, but I'm just saying it's like if he was witness to a murder that he incited, I feel like that might be a detriment to his career. I'm just guessing, though. Well, it, it hey, it didn't hold back Ray Lewis, and Ray Lewis, the implications for Ray were significantly more singular True. in terms of uh, you know who was responsible anyway. But yeah, we do know what you're talking about, Silent One. And uh, Zach, so I was gone for four, four or five days. Everybody knows that. Was there a reason why this all of a sudden came back into the zeitgeist? Is the that he got charged or something? The brother, like, how come all of a sudden this got put back in the in the news cycle? I feel like it just recently happened within the last week. So wasn't it Sunday? Or Saturday. I mean, it happened fairly recently and mm. more details came out because at first it was reported. We got tagged on something on Twitter that That's said he fired yeah. the shots. And that wasn't the case. It was his brother. But apparently, uh, based on reporting and new video T, uh, uh, from TMZ, Akib was the one that was kind of starting the fight that led to the to the fatality. Okay, so that's my bad. I was confusing it with something else from, from Talib's past. But if, yes, yeah, so... You know, this is all alleged stuff, okay, in terms of I want to be clear of that. We're we're not uh, saying anything definitive here. But if that's the case, yeah, that could definitely cost him his uh, broadcasting career. So first year on the on the Broncos beat 2016, didn't he get shot at a nightclub? Yes. He shot himself. Well, yeah, there was an altercation in a in a he claims that was in a park. I I don't know. I don't want to drag up all of it because it's it was all quite. uh nebulous in the first place and then trying to remember it now seven years later or whatever is even more nebulous but that's why i was actually confusing it with some ancient history yeah they have a, a sordid past the brothers so i hope you know i hope justice is served and i hope that peace and comfort can come to the victim's family it's, it's just absolutely tragic mm-hmm. all right well guys this has been a very very fun conversation we love and appreciate each one of you but we're going to dip on out of here. Yeah, on that note, be sure to uh, follow us on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. We're going to have to change that eventually because it's going to trick me up. I'm still not going to. You know what else? You know what else? Uh, Scott reminded me of. We've got an updated, for those listening on demand, there's going to be an updated intro, uh, you know, musical intro for the podcast that'll be coming very, very soon. Nice. So we'll get that taken care of. In the meantime, though, follow us on Twitter at Mile High Huddle. You can follow Chad at Chad and Jensen, myself at Kelberman NFL, and Scott at Scout Kennedy. If you guys want some merch like you see Chad wearing, go to huddleuppod.com and get 
that merch. Check it out. All new store, all new inventory. I promise you, as you see Chad modeling, it is very, very good and very worthwhile. And if you haven't, go to Huddle Up facebook.com slash my little pod see i'm telling you until we change that's going to keep happening be sure to like that page and follow that page guys if you haven't go to apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five five star review for a chance to win some of that merch each and every single month but if you can't do those things please as you see ticking below you subscribe like and share this video and every video you see on the mile i huddle channel it really helps us grow and reach more broncos fans just like y'all yeah, guys, we have um, been a little bit more cognizant of asking you guys to make sure you like the video. And you guys have answered in a big, bad way. But please help us keep that going. It's just a it's just a small little thing, but it helps us a lot. OK, so it, even if you're only in here two minutes and maybe you disagreed with every single take from myself or Zach. But if you respect the effort, at the very least, give us a give us a like before you dip on out. Shout out to these great supporters on Facebook tonight. Travis Weber throwing down with authority appreciate you bro phil mclaughlin glp andrew lampy howie freaking day and colby c collier and then our great super chat superstars dale the duchess uh plum bob tyler sam bam bro shiloh boise man don't forget to email boise man if you want in on the mhh uh, fantasy football it, the link is in the chat right now uh mac dog our 13 year old homie Good to good to to see you, buddy. Jetty Splash, KB, MHH Emeritus, Juero Vidal, and Silent One. Much love and respect. Yeah, we're off until Sunday night, guys. We're on the radio tomorrow, ninety eight point one FM, two PM Mountain to three PM Mountain, or MileHighSports.com. Be sure that to check out what is tomorrow night. Would that be Dove Valley Deep Divers? <laughs> podcast we're back on sunday night i popped the email in the side chat once again i saw chase wellner asked do i email this email yes shoot that email an email i couldn't make it any more confusing and uh reach out to uh boys and man let them know you want in again the 50 dollars buy-in 14 team league cup draft coming up soon but have a great weekend guys take care enjoy the game saturday and as always go broncos You've been listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy-efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com rebates. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, 
the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.